many British accents am I allowed to do in this episode? Two. Well, I better not waste them. Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod. The not British podcast. It is not British. (laughs) But it is the Punk Goes Pod podcast. And you all know what this is about. Yes. Like that accent started to slip in the end. (laughs) (laughs) I never claimed to be an accent expert. Uh, yep. Um, hello. We're 40 seconds in and I've already got you, like, creasing your brow and rubbing Uh, your eyes. I shouldn't be touching my face, per World Health Organization guidelines, but here we are. But is it alright if you've been sequestered for a week? Like, you haven't... Yeah. (laughs) You're very clean, like, you're... Look, it's fine. Um, I went for a walk today, that was great. Yeah. Um, First time out of the house since Saturday and it's now Friday. Yeah, uh, feeling good. Um, yeah. Cool. I really don't have much no. by way of updates because I have literally just been inside, as we all should be where we can. Um, yeah, let's knock this thing off its... Bl- I don't know. And Well, you did have a milestone yesterday. I did. It was my birthday yesterday. Yep. Um, it was a very lovely birthday, despite being indoors for the whole day. Um, yeah, just spent the day fielding messages and phone calls and receiving little delivered surprises and things. So it was really nice. So, yeah, a big, big, big thank you to everyone who made it so special, despite it being quite a bizarre birthday in premise. Yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. <laughs> no, nah, look, it was like I truly couldn't have asked for a better birthday. Like it was really lovely. Wow. So, well, next year it'll be a bigger one. We'll make it sure it's a big event. Mhm. And next year when I turn 30, I'm going to wake up on March 26th and I'm going to go Woo! <laughs> I didn't know you had a two-wheeled vehicle called a Segway. (laughs) So this week we are looking at Song 2. Not Woohoo. No. Um, As originally performed by Blur and as covered by the Plain White Tees. So yeah, we don't really have too much to say because not really anything happened. No. I'm, um, I'm so much so that I'm losing my, my way to form sentences. Not really anything happened. I mean, you've had... You trialed work from home today. Yeah. So, so we, we both did that today together for the first time. Mm-hmm. So that was good. And yeah. I'm sure, assuming you end up working from home more, your speech faculties will be even worse. Oh, my, I, my, I talk to people for a living. And yeah. my speech is terrible. So I would love to take allocution lessons. Eloquence lessons? I don't Elocution. know. Elocution. Elocution. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So shall we just dive right in? Yeah. Cool. I figure we've already played a snippet. We've already introduced the song. So let's just chat about Blur. Yeah. And it will go by in a Blur. Yes. Yeah. Well, look, yeah. I figure song two is short and sweet, so we can keep this one. Shortish and Swedish. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What? (laughs) (laughs) Working from home together has developed some tension in our relationship, apparently. I didn't notice it. (laughs) Except when every time I'd walk into the study, I would get yes. I realised I might have been a little bit annoying. No. I think... I don't know. Anyway, it's just... It's a dynamic we'll have to figure out. Yeah. So, Blur, I didn't realise they were this old, actually. They formed in 1988. They come from London. <laughs> oh, damn it. That's my second That's my second one. Look, I'll give you a free pass because that was only one word. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, from London, England, if you didn't know where London was. <laughs> um, from, yeah, from what I could find, uh, all four members of Blur 
the ori- they are the original lineup from start to finish. So they've had no changes. Uh, as far as I could tell, nice. as far as I believe. Good on them. Of course, they will have hiatuses, mm. hiatuses, and yeah, they met in and around college. Nice. So the band or was a- uni, as it would be in. The UK, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, because it's Cambridge University. University. Because yeah. they don't pronounce their T's in England. Yes. Yeah. And because it's university over here as well, and where we copy most of England stuff. Yep. Uh, so the band was originally named Seymour. <laughs> Seymour. After J.D. Salinger's Seymour, an introduction. Now, that's an interesting topic of conversation because your favourite book of all mm. time, would be Capture in the Rye yeah. by one J.D. Salinger. It would be. Have you read Seymour? I haven't. I've actually never heard of it. So I'm that classic piece of shit. He's like, oh, my favourite book is Catcher in the Rye and J.D. Salinger's the best. And like, I've read that and Franny and Zooey and that's it. Yeah, but you don't need to, just because Catcher in the Rye is your favourite book doesn't mean you have to go through his yeah, entire... that's fair. But, Bibliography. I was, thinking, I was thinking discography, like yeah. bookography. <laughs> Words discography. Um, this is going to be really interesting, like the further along we get in this podcast. Not I just know. this specific one, but like episode after episode, my vocabulary is just uh, going to die. Both of ours. We're going to, yeah, we're going to have to strip language back to basics and rebuild, I think. Song good. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Agree. Um yeah, no, I'm a staunch defender of The Catcher in the Rye. It does have some problematic bits in it. Um, but I just relate so much to Holden just being so equal parts, like, self-conscious and then having this bizarro, like, need to feel superior. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. You you gave it to me... Um, very early into our relationship. You yeah. Know, this is my favourite book. I'd like you to read it, of course. Yes. And so you had the thing of, I think you appreciate it more because you read it as a teenager, probably yeah. who it's aimed for. Yes. I read it as an adult and went, oh no, I cannot stand Holden. He is a pain in the ass." And that's pretty much everyone I've ever lent the book to is like, Holden's really annoying. I was yeah. like, how dare you, first of all. Um, but no, I should, um, what's the word? I first should... of all, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I should clarify, like, as a teenager, I related to that. I haven't actually read it properly again for quite a while. I should probably do that while I have apparently oodles of time to be at home. You could probably knock it out in a day. Yeah. Maybe Um, two. Depends on how far you want to stretch it out. True. So, yeah, I'd like to think I'm not so much of a shithead now that I could relate to Holden on a fundamental level, but... Yeah, now I just look at it with sort of, like, endearment. I'm just like, yeah, I fully get where he was coming from. Or... Because I was the same as a teenager. Or in that time, you could read my favourite book, Hardboiled Wonderland and the End of the World by Haruki Murakami. I could. So what do you think, audience? Stay silent if you think Emma should read the book or not. No... Stay. Do not comment if you think Emma should read Hardboiled Wonderland and the End of the World. <laughs> but that's just, that's the same thing. Like, I mean, I'm going through it, but Haruki Murakami is my favourite writer and mm. favourite, you know, it's my favourite book is Hardboiled Wonderland and the End of the World. But just because I haven't read everything doesn't mean I don't appreciate what I have read. So I think you're justified in not having read everything by J.D. Salinger. Jelly Salinger. Jelly Salinger. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite author. I love him. That should be a sandwich. Oh, yeah. You know, you know in America they call jam jelly? Yes, that would be great. I'll have a Jelly Salinger, like a jelly please. Jelly Salinger. Um, so, yeah, long story short. Or it sounds like a basketball player from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, long story short. That is what they named their band was Seymour. Yes. Uh, so they signed to, I love this, they signed to the British rock label Food. What? That was That's the name, Food. Fucking hell. Just. They were, they were urged to change their name and they had a list of, so they had a list of names and they to choose from and. Do you mean the them, band or the label? The label was called Food. 
And then they had a list of names, like, you have to call yourself one yeah, of these. Yeah, like, change your name. What? And it didn't really it didn't really justify why. It was just like, yeah, they wanted, they wanted the band to change their name. So they had a list of names. And and so, like, I think record labels do that sort of thing. I remember it's... it's I, I think it's not uncommon in, like, the world of wrestling. Like, when Stone Cold Steve Austin was, was going into the WWF at the time, and they mm-hmm. were like, okay... So your thing is like this ice cold kind of assassin. Here's three names to choose from, and they're all terrible. Like the only one I remember is like Frost Fang Dagger or like Chili McFreeze or something. <laughs> and he's uh, yeah, I'm not gonna go into the full story, but I think they might do that with record labels as well. Like here's a list of names, That's and when we so sign much- someone, if we want to, I guess the only thing with that though is it gives them it gives food full licensing rights because if if Blur yeah. comes in as Seymour, then they can then... If they leave, well, then they take all the merch sales and everything after that. Whereas food, very well... And again, it's a wrestling thing. Because when wrestlers come into the WWE now, mm-hmm. like independent wrestlers, they'll get a new name. Unless they're massively known. Like if someone like Kenny Omega was to go to WWE now, he would be Kenny Omega. Yeah. He couldn't be anything else. And it's for the fact that when they when they were if they were to leave or yeah basically if they were to leave they couldn't get the rights to that character right basically so i, I don't know it could be something like that i just find that so like that completely blows my idea of just what being in a band and getting signed is like like just completely blows that out of the water that's so weird to be like yeah we'll take you on but we hate your name here is a list of names that we have thought of pick one it also kind of takes the romance out of my mind yeah. I, I don't have i don't have too much of an opinion about blur no because what's the other song like girls who like um, girls who like boys who like girls or something. yeah I forget. that's a good song that's a sick song There's, they've got good ones like coffee and tv park life like but i don't really i don't know that coffee and tv is the one with the dancing milk carton oh yeah, yeah. no that's a good song as well it is so like they're a dope band yeah and it kind of takes the romance out of it like oh, they didn't they didn't come up with the name like it wasn't something there was no cool story behind it it was just even if the story was yeah we thought it was cool it would at least be their story but it's like yeah this A&R guy said nah like change your name real, I don't know if it would be A&R anyway real quick I've seen that the the acronym abbreviation what does A&R I mean? I think it's um artist representation oh okay or- Hang on, artist and hang on. Hang yeah, on. I don't know. They just seem like a band that's that's super creative. And... Artists and repertoire, sorry. Artists and repertoire. So yeah, the division of a record label that is responsible for talent scouting and the artistic and commercial development of the recording artist. Cool. Um, yeah, it just sort of sucks the imagery out of it a little bit. Mm. Like the mystique, I guess. It's like, oh, we just picked it out of a list. And I just... Cool. Mm. I don't know. Like, I have a list of just me and my colleagues at work. Every now and then we'll be like, that would make a really good band name. And so I've just got a running list of band names. But I can't imagine having just that list filed in a drawer in my office and being like, yeah. I Anyway. We're going to come back to that. But sure. The other thing about that as well is... Basically, these names are so inconsequential. They mean nothing. They're probably just one word band mm-hmm. names. All yeah. because these names haven't been taken already. Yeah. What is the best band name you've come up with? So, I I think it was like a mutual thing where we all sort of agreed like, yeah, sick. Um, so, TM, 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 but Pisco Sour Happy Hour. That's cool. Yeah, that's my favorite one. Um, yeah, there's been a few good ones. That is uh, one of those things that I enjoyed doing was when you liked the idea of doing roller derby, coming up with roller derby. Yeah. I think, I think Naylor Swift is the best one. Yeah, I do love that. I had like JD Smashinger. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah, man, I should have gone with Jelly Salinger. Jelly Salinger. Um, yeah, I wish I had been brave enough to do roller derby. Yeah, but that first broken leg, you'd be like, fuck, why'd I do yeah. this? <laughs> yeah, just feel like I did. Was it worth it? Was it really worth it? Yeah. 
Anywho. I'm sure it's fun, but... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't really get too much about the band, except the last fact is probably the biggest one, that um, Damon Albarn is the, the, so the vocalist of the band, is also known for doing vocal duties in the virtual band, Gorillaz. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what was their big song? Or well, like the, you know, gorillas. Oh, feel good ink. Two thousand. Feel good ink. What's the one? Happen. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on. I'm happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long. The future. Finally, someone let me out of my cage. Did you ever get into gorillas? I did like them. I never like listened to them religiously, but yeah, I don't know. Plastic Beach, like that album, rules, and it just takes me back to being at uni and our dear friend Helen working in a shoe shop in the city, and I just spent all of my spare time there and probably distracted her from doing her job properly. And that was on high rotation there. Um, yeah, no, they're a cool band. Cool. I, yeah. I loved the concept of how they would perform live, but then, like, watching a... And we'll get back to the gorillas later, but, like, watching a live video of them today and it's just the band, but no sort of projection of, like... Noodle or whoever else, like Russell, mm. like, or, yeah, it was just weird. I would say, and look at me if you want, I don't get, give a shit, I'm going to say it. I would say that's probably the influence for, uh, even though it's different music, Metalocalypse and Death Clock. Oh, yeah. Um, because they did the same thing. Yeah. They just, they would have big projector screens of this cartoon death metal band yeah. playing and people actually went and saw them. Yeah. You know, and I would say that probably, you know, that preceded Metal Because it would have been a live band still playing. Or was it literally just a giant TV, essentially? I don't know, because I never saw any of the shows. Most, mm. I don't think I ever toured it over here. No. Uh, but they had opening acts. They had actual metal bands. Open, and I think that was cut part of the, the joke was like, they had a band like Chimera opening for them. It was like, there's Chimera opening up for a fucking cartoon. And it's <laughs> hilarious. Um I don't know if he... Because it was all done by... All the musicianship was done by Brendan Small, who mm-hmm. also does, like, the voices of, I think, a couple of them. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't think they got a touring band. They might have just recorded it. Because it's a cartoon band. It doesn't matter if they're lip-syncing. It's yeah, not really true. lip-syncing, I guess. Yeah. Um, but Blur. Yes. And Song 2. Yes. Would you like to take it away with some of these... Song 2 facts. Sure. So, Song 2, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this, is often mistakenly titled Woohoo. And I definitely remember being a teenager and trying to look up Woohoo on probably LimeWire or something and just being like, what? Like... Or LimeWire Frost. Frostwire. Frostwire. What a time. <laughs> so, Woohoo. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Song 2 is from their 1997 self-titled album. And that's the one with the Julian Opie cover, isn't it? The faces, like the... Because... Let's have a look. Julian Opie, you will remember waiting with me at the National Gallery of Victoria last year, I think? As I insisted on waiting for one of those kids' computer screens to open up so I could trace us in cartoon form. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that guy... Is responsible for the artwork. What was uh, what did you end up doing with that picture? I posted it on Instagram, and everyone thought it was delightful. No, oh, it was yeah. delightful. It was well worth the half hour wait. <laughs> um, so I think you're thinking of the best of Blur. Ah, okay, my bad. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my fun Blur story that I had up my sleeve. Um, woohoo! Yeah, woohoo to me. Oh, fun fact as well. Sex in The Sims is called Woohoo. Oh, yeah, it is too. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Sex in the City. I was like, what? Um, yeah, I love that shit. I'd be like, that song was on the soundtrack. That would be so sick. Um, yeah, just, that just completely like entered my brain. I was like, oh, yeah, 
They called it woohooing in Sims. Oh, Sims are so bizarre. Anyway, um, so Song 2 was written by the band and produced by Stephen Street, who has worked with the likes of the Smiths, the Cranberries, and Kaiser Chiefs. Uh, according to guitarist Graham Coxon, the song was intended to be a joke on the record company. I mean, fucking jokes on them, because then it took off. Like, Yeah. Anyway. Uh, fun fact, Damon Albarn recorded a slowed-down acoustic version of the song, during which the chorus, the woohoo part, is replaced by whistling, and that just sounds insufferable to me. Whistling. Just... Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't like whistling in songs. No, me neither. Except for maybe All-Star. That's, yeah. That's the exception to every rule, though, isn't mm. it? Um, like, just write some fucking lyrics. <laughs> so, Graham Coxon suggested they increase the speed, volume, and... <laughs> Let me try that again. Graham Coxon suggested that they increase the speed and volume and give the song an amateurish guitar sound, assuming the label would hate the song, but then, of course, they loved it. Uh, Song 2 was supposed to only be a temporary title, as it was the second song on the album. However, the title stuck, even though we all call it woohoo. What would you call it when someone tries to pull a practical joke, but it ends up working out so ridiculously well for them? I don't know. Because that's basically what happened. It's like, let's fuck with the record company. Oh, what? We're platinum? Yeah. Oh, whoops. <laughs> like, uh, I'll come back to that. I'm just going to finish off these bullet points real quick. But yeah, I want to get back to that whole concept. Um, so, cool fact. The song is two minutes and two seconds long with two verses and two choruses. Is the second song of the album and the second song on their best of album. Which is where Julian Opie comes in. So yes, it all makes sense go. now. There you go. Excellent. Uh, the song reached number four on the ARIA charts. So over here in Australia. Number one in Canada and Scotland. And also number one on the UK rock and metal chart. It also reached number two in the UK singles and number six in the US. And I need to put my phone on silent. So... There's something I find really insufferable about that idea of, like, they want us to write a hit, so let's give them a hit, and then they just write, like, a really goofy song. It's the same thing as when you hear Blink doing that. Yeah, because that's what Rock Show was, I think. And all the small things. Yeah, but, like... It was, like, them trying... It was them being told, do a radio-friendly song, and they will fucking with it. I don't care what any Blink fan says, I fucking love the Rock Show. Yeah. Fucking love the Rock Show. That film clip as well was hilarious. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's kind of... Obviously, yes, when you're a musician, like, you are there for your art and everything. But, like, I don't see the point of, like, sticking your middle finger up to, essentially, the people who are going to be making you lots of money. Yeah, when they tell you, like, hey, we need something that's radio-friendly. Because, of course, they do. Because it's how they make money. It's how they keep, in, that's how they keep operating. It's how they then can send you off on tours. And pay for your recording studio time. And yeah, like and I know you money. I know that's like an overly simplistic view of it, and like a very jaded and revolting. But like, yeah, when I heard that this was meant to be a joke song, and like I've also read the theory that it's sort of poking fun at like punk, and so mm. but it's just like, so you guys all just sound like you must be real fun at parties. Like that's oh, they com- would they would not they would be. So- I can just see them being fucking miserable. And that, yeah, like, that's just the vibe I get. Like, yeah. I'm just kind of like, oh, well, fuck you then. Yeah. <laughs> I, could just see, I could just see them being well into just admiring Morrissey and his whole worldview. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> what are you chuckling at? No, I'm chuckling at you. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, so, what do we think of Song Dos? Well, really briefly, I thought... At one point, I tried to find it. I thought there was like a world record for it. Like maybe it was the quickest song to reach number one or something. Oh, like... Do you, oh, okay. Or like the shortest song. Because, yeah, again, two minutes and two seconds. I, but I couldn't find anything. Oh, wasn't that from Trivia? No, that because remember that was one but of the... then, I know in, so like, what was it, 2003, Liam Lynch's My United States of Whatever mm. took that. If If... 
if Song 2 had it. I don't know if it did because I couldn't find anything about it. Yeah. Um, listen to My United States of Whatever. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so later, I'm, I'm at the pool hall and this girl comes up and she's all like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Because this is my United States of Whatever. And this is my United States of Whatever. And this is my United States of Whatever. That is a good song. I bought the album. I have no idea what the rest of it was like. Well, I had no, like I have no idea what the album's called because I like bought it from Savers. I was like, "Fuck yes, I'll get to listen to United States or whatever," and like all these other songs. I'm sure they're hilarious. Got into my friend's car, put it in her CD player, listened to United States of whatever, listened to like the opening of the second track. Was like, "This is rubbish," and then just left it in her car. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, no, <laughs> this was a huge mistake. I'm glad I only paid like two bucks for it. So yeah, if, she, if Lucia is out there, she has Liam Lynch in the depths of her car somewhere. <laughs> um, what do you think of the song? Uh, I like it. Yeah. I think I've always liked this song. At one point in my life, this was the heaviest song I'd ever heard. Um, it accompanied... So it's on the uh, trailer for Starship Troopers okay. as well. Yeah. And I, as a eight-year-old, loved Starship Troopers. Should not have been seeing it. That was one of those ones that slipped through the cracks. Oh, is it like naughty? There's boobs. But uh. it's also, it's gory. Oh, it's like okay. People fighting big bug things. Oh, I just assumed it was like some sort of Star Trek type thing. Well, it's sci-fi, but it's also... Is it meant to be a parody or... It's kind of, um, so I read the book as well, and the book's really good. I read that last year. Mm. It kind of does parody war, so you think that, like, because, oh no, we're fighting these bug things, but it sort of turns out, and they, they kind of let it, it's underlying. Right. It's kind of like, oh no, we invaded their world. Oh. And you, they, again, like, they don't really address it, but it's kind of like, we are the bad guys oh, in okay. this. And, like... The human scientists are basically wearing SS uniforms. And it's just like, oh, okay, so it actually does have a bit of commentary there. Okay. Um, for, for a kick-ass science fiction war movie. Hmm. But yeah, and so I thought that was a good accompaniment. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, it's, again, one of those things that's like, I kind of love hearing the British accent in the singing. Mm. Um it's yeah we'll get to like the cover of it and how that kind of changes i've got my notes here uh it's so british that he can't pronounce woohoo properly it's woo woo because british people can't pronounce their h's as well <laughs> ari siles this is why i practice my jokes on you beforehand when i don't practice them on you you sigh <laughs> I'm on podcast. <laughs> I should have seen that coming as well because that notepad has been sitting next to my work from home set up all week. Yeah, you didn't peruse it like you perused the Nelly Furtado. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, my laugh just echoed things. I had a bottle up my lip. <laughs> uh, I also wrote that that is some aggressive bass. Mm. Did you happen to listen to this in headphones? I did not. Um, it has some aggressive bass. So I've heard. <laughs> um, yeah. I think listening to it today in prep for this episode, like I sort of picked up more nuance to it than I realise. Mm. Like when I listened to it as a teenager, because it used to just sort of be like crunchy, sort of like... Mm. And yeah, it actually does have like a bit of nuance to it. Even though that they they were sort of ripping on the uh, on the punk scene. Do you think this is our most punk original song that we've done? Even though like they're not a punk band at all. Mm. Or is it just that it's kind of fast and the distortion is kind of loud? I guess it sort of it fits the brief the most of everything that we've looked at so far. And it like the 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 personality of it, I guess. 
guess. Like the yeah. the background of it of them being like, oh, fuck the system. Which in itself... Well, it's that whole sort of recursive argument. It's like, they're picking fun at punk by trying not to care, but then they cared so much that they wrote a song about how much they didn't care. And it worked out for them. Yeah. Like, this is sort of like the musical equivalent of like a punk wearing a um, mohawk and being like, ooh, like... People who put so much fucking effort into their appearance, fucking blah, yeah. like it's just. But that. you spent two hours getting your hair just right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. When, like we're all just the worst when you think about it. Mm. Pretty much. Um. Yes. So, like, I did read, a, and according to Genius, um, it's also anti-grunge as well. I mean. Like, it must just be so exhausting being that kind of band that's like, ooh, let's fucking pick fun at all these other, like, yeah. Again, it's that Morrissey thing of like, don't you just wake up, Morrissey, and just be like, why? (laughs) Why wake up? What are you doing? I just, I remember seeing in a bookstore his autobiography, and I could just imagine it being like, got up June 27th, felt sad. The world's sad. It's raining outside. I'm sad. Had to record today, but I couldn't. Sad. Yeah. I don't know. He's just miserable. He is. A... He's, he's made a career off being miserable. See, but he's sort of gone from, like, miserable in terms of, like, that kind of teenage misery where you're just sort of like, oh, and, like, he's come out the other side and now he's like, crotchety old man miserable it's kind of interesting as well because i feel like younger bands gravitate towards the smiths but don't gravitate towards Morrissey. oh fuck no because he's a piece of shit but like his music his solo music career mm. i feel no, like that's what i like yeah but i feel like you'd, you'd see people nowadays like a, a new indie band would go yeah we love the smiths full stop yeah no oh yeah morrissey's great as well that's the thing. It's like, it just sort of... Anyway. It's kind of because he... I think because their lyrics were also miserable, but the sound a lot of the time was kind of happy as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they had an interesting sound, the Smiths. They sure did. Uh, so, it is also believed that the woohoo might be a reference to The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's a bit of a reach. Yeah, I feel like it's a bit of a reach. Like, yeah, I could see them being like, what's popular on TV at the moment? Let's do some fucking I mean, edgelord commentary on consumer culture. Maybe like, seven as well. It would have been probably around about season seven, season eight, when The Simpsons mm. was probably at its best. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it was wildly popular. Yeah. So... I don't know. I just find the whole concept insufferable now. And in saying that, like, there are songs that I enjoy that are about picking fun at other people for being tryhards and shit. Like, admit it by say anything as a corker of a song, as they'd say in Britain. Um, You say anything a British band? No. Oh. (laughs) I don't know. I just wanted to say corker. Um, Yeah, and that's all about, like, being a hipster douchebag kind of thing. But again, it's just kind of like... Yawn. Remember the emo uh, parody song? I was like, I'm such an emo. Yes. I did think that was funny at the time. Yeah, so did I. But I don't know. I I think the thing that I always found funny was like, how is that only like locked off to being an emo was the line. It's like, screw Xbox. I only play original Nintendo. Yeah. It's like... Is that true? Like, do emos only play retro video games? Because that means they've probably got good taste in video games, then. Uh, I don't know, I think... No, I'm not going to be that idiot that's like, Oh, games were better back in the 80s. No. Try going back to a game that doesn't have fucking save points. this, This entire discussion is just sort of feeding into my theory that we all just need to take several seats and just let people enjoy themselves. Yeah. Like, I don't know. No, but that's a thing on the internet. Oh, I know, I know. These people that are like, nah, games nowadays suck. 
I know it is. You should yeah. play Bubble Bubble. It's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> fuck yourself with that Bubble Bubble shit. Um, what do you think this song is trying to like... What does he mean by I've got my head checked by a jumbo jet? I don't know. I feel like him saying... What is it? And I feel heavy metal? Yeah. Is like trying to be like... Just saying like, you know, when I want to get it a little bit aggressive for... Yeah, um, and but, I'm pins and I'm needles are sort of like, I'm on edge, like, I've got this nervous energy, like... I like that line, though. I like, it that, it's, I like that it's not, I'm on pins and needles, it's I am pins and needles, and yeah. I'm pins and needles. It's I, I quite like that, that he is the pins and needles. He might be someone else's, he might be the thing that's putting someone else on edge. Yeah, true. I, I, I quite like, uh, I think that's good. It is cool. Um... Yeah, I, I I don't know. It could also they could also be fucking making fun of heavy metal because that was a thing that was not terribly popular and there was a form of music that wasn't terribly popular and then in like ninety seven because grunge had sort of killed it out. Metal, yeah. Oh. I thought you were trying to tell me that pins and needles was a genre. I was like, what? But okay. I mean, that probably is a subgenre <laughs> of metal. Yeah, probably. More like subgenre of porno grind or something. Yeah, there's a subgenre called porno grind. Is that exactly what it sounds like? It's grindcore, but it's like very sexually explicit lyrics. <sighs> Emma is making a face right now. Yeah. A <laughs> scrunched up face. I'm just reassessing my life choices up until this point. <laughs> like, why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we invent genres like porno grind? Like, why... Why not? <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. But, like, imagine being that person, like, oh, my band is actually Porto Grind. Like, <laughs> fucking hell. <sighs> so, yeah, look, we've dissed on it a bit. We've dissed on Blur a bit. They're probably lovely people. Yeah, but, I'm sure they're fine. Um, cool, let's move on to Plain White Tees. Mm-hmm. I got my head done. It's not my problem. It's not my So, Plain White Tees formed in Lombard, Illinois mm-hmm. in 1997 by high school friends Tom Higginson, Dave Trillo, and Ken Fletcher. Kind of, I guess, mirroring Blur's or Seymour's birth in that they sort of formed around university. Yeah. And Plain White Tees formed around... Well, they formed the year that this song came out. Yeah, that's also a... Fun little fact. Yeah, a little factoid for you all. A little factoid. Uh, they were signed to Fearless Records. Mm-hmm. They're probably most well-known for their big hit, Hey There, Delilah. Listen to my voice, it's my disguise. I'm by your side. Oh, it's what you do to me. Oh, it's what you do to me. Yep. What do you think of Hey There, Delilah? When it first came out, I thought it was cute, and then I grew tired of it, and I just continued to tire of it. Like, it's just such a revolting song, and, like, he just positions himself as, like, the most insufferable person. So what's it about, besides someone called Delilah? So it's about, like, a long-distance relationship. Like, I think it's, like, someone... Like, maybe they've gone away to college, maybe they're in college, like... 
in different states or something. But it's like a long distance thing. It's like, hey there, Delilah, what's it like in New York City? So it's like, I'm missing you. I hope you're well. When this is over and we're back together again, like it's going to be lovely, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But he just sounds like such a obnoxious boyfriend. Yeah. I'm just going to pull up the lyrics because it's so annoying. I think when I tried looking into this as well, I think it was a bonus track on that album. Yeah. And, um, and I think it might have been, I think Fearless Records might have still been their record company at the same time as well. So that's a good get for them. Yeah. Because this song was, that song was huge. I mean, yeah. we're not talking about Hey There, Delilah, but at the same time, it's like, we'll bring up their... <laughs> In the absence of literally any other interesting information about them, let's talk about Hey There, Delilah. They're literally... They're, their name is literally named after the most boring version of a t-shirt. I guess it's sort of similar in that, like, kind of utilitarian thing of, like, we are named after a very common household object and Blur literally picked their name off a list. Like... Yeah. Remember when Kanye West tried to... Well, he didn't try to. He successfully sold plain white t-shirts on his website for like 200 bucks. That, yeah. At that point, like, he deserves the money because people who were stupid yeah. enough to pay that, like... Um... So... Yeah, like, he just sounds like such a deadbeat boyfriend. And, like, to be fair, plain white tees were... Probably touring and all this, but, like... So verse two, hey there, Delilah, I know times are getting hard, but just believe me, girl, someday I'll pay the bills with this guitar, we'll have it good. We'll have the life we knew you would, my word is good. And it's just like, oh my god, <laughs> like, or you could just get a job at a supermarket or something. <laughs> like, just get a job with a steady income. Stop putting all this financial pressure on Delilah, like... Uh, yeah. Hey there, Delilah. You be good and don't you miss me. Two more years and you'll be done with school and I'll be making history like I do. It's just like, really? Yeah, he had a high opinion of himself. Yeah, well. like, really, buddy? Like, and look, to be, like, yeah, he was paying the bills with his guitar for a patch at least, but, like, they're still active, aren't they? Yeah. But, yeah, like, <laughs> it's just... It just makes me so mad whenever I hear that song because it's just so, like, simultaneously, like, wussy and then also yeah. just so insufferable. Yeah, it's so wussy. And, yeah, and then just the sort of, like, oh, shucks kind of positioning of this guy. But then he's like, but I'm actually really good. And, like, yeah, you're lucky to be dating someone who's going to be so successful. Anyway. You stay in college, girl. Yeah, like, you stay in school. I'm going to go out and, like... Good message, though. Yeah, that's true. Stay in school. Get your arts degree. Yeah. Stay with him, because you're not going to get anything for that arts degree. <laughs> As someone who has an arts degree and is, and is not able to get a job out of it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's my spiel on Hey There, Delilah. I think... And so when... So this was Punk Goes 90s, I think, Volume 1. Mm -hmm. I think this was about... They were about a year apart. Like, Hey There, Delilah, and this yeah. as well. So they were about to explode. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they were kind of a pop-punk band at the start. Yeah. Like, going by... I, In terms of their oeuvre, is that the word? I don't know. Their repertoire. Catalogue. Yes, that's a good word. Um, I have literally only heard their cover of song to Hey There Delilah and another song, All That I Needed, which is like the title track off their album, on mm. which, yeah. I, I think that's around the same era of Hey There Delilah. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's like very fun sort of pop punk with sort of emphasis on the pop side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Like... They're cute and they're fun. I'm not sure how their sound has changed since, and I don't really feel like doing my research on them, because I just don't... Yeah, it wasn't one... I kind of just went, yeah, I recognise the name, and I asked you, like, what did Play My Tees do? Oh, yeah, hey there, Delilah. Mm. Yeah, they were just kind of like... I mean, I like to do my research, I like to do a bit of listening, but, like, last week when, when we did Element 101, oh, I was yeah. like, yeah, I want to listen to that band, see what else they did. And I could go, oh, well, that... Their cover of I'm Like a Bird doesn't sound like it wouldn't like it wouldn't be out of place on their album of the time. Yeah. This I was just sort of like, eh. And I remember I remember 
seeing people on MSN Messenger, you know, you could see yes. what people were listening to. Yep. So, like, some of the girls that I would have on MSN Messenger and they would have that playing. And I'm like, oh, playing YT is okay. And it was, like, around about the same time as Gym Class Heroes as well. Yeah, yeah. It was very much that time. Who I think are a future episode at some point. Sick. As well. Um, it's kind of interesting, though. Do you think pop punk is kind of a gateway to pop, kind of like how Taylor Swift had the gateway of country to pop? So sorry, was your question, is pop punk like a gateway just to straight pop? Can be, like, do you think yeah. you can see, because well, there have been a couple of bands now where it's like, oh, they've gotten kind of big. Yeah. And their sound has drastically changed from what they started off as. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I guess it's sort of, to me, similar to, was it last week, how we were saying... Yeah, if you can sort of pull elements of pop into an otherwise, like, punk or rock or whatever band that you are, you've obviously done your homework. Like, you've got a sense of musicality that goes beyond your genre. Yeah. So, yeah, like, it's absolutely conducive to then just forging ahead as, like, a solid pop band. Like, similar to Maroon 5. Like, they started as, like, this cool sort of indie band and now they're, like, straight pop, but they do it well. Like, yeah. they give me the shits, but they do it well. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It'd be, you know, like, to go through, like, a legend like uh, Newfound Glory. Mm. Um, I feel like they are, like, very popular. Yep. Really popular, you know. But I feel like they, they very much were like, okay, we're a pop-punk band, and they stayed that. So, like, yeah. you would listen to recent Newfound Glory, and it's still... Like, it's probably going to sound different from, you know, their first albums. Mm, Trying, yeah. I'm blanking, Sticks and Stones, one of them or something. Yeah. Um, it would probably sound a bit different to that. But it's still going to have that pop punk yeah. core to it, which has sort of kept it from bursting on the scene. Like oh, being, yeah, yeah. Being, like, if they were to sort of maybe soften something or make it, you know, create, even though, like, you know... My Friends Over You is an incredibly catchy song. It is. Like, there's just something that has sort of kept them from being a giant... Like a Blink-182 level yeah. kind of band. Whereas Blink-182 have definitely developed into now a pop band. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Um, Which I guess is them sort of maturing and going with what they think is, you well, know, cool um, at the time. Look, to be fair, it's also them paying their bills and like... Yeah. Yes. Yeah, a cynical way to look at it but like I don't know I remember when we went and saw them yes Blink that is yes and they were still and that was when Tom was still in the band mm. R.I.P. to Tom being in the band I oh know I miss him um he they, they like they had a good time and they were making all of the same sort of jokes that they used to and I remember your roommate at the time being mm. like kind of I kind of wish that these guys wouldn't make those jokes anymore. But I kind of get it now. Like, I don't need to hear 48-year-old Mark Hoppus talk about dicks and farts. Is he 48? I don't know how old Mark Hoppus is. <laughs> no, probably not. Though he was, he'd be in his mid-40s by now. He'd be like 44 maybe, but I feel like 48 is just too much. Wasn't he like 27 62. when he started? 62. Wasn't he, wasn't he 27 when he started the band? Come on. Uh, Mark is... Yeah. Fuck off, he's 48. Boom. Fucking boom. That's... Boom, boom, shake the room. So yes, 48-year-old Mark Hoppus does not need to be making dick and fart jokes anymore. That's just... Because he's a bit older than the rest of them. Like I think he's like four or five years older than Tom and Travis. Far out. Which makes me think, was he the, the... adult that was still hanging out at high school like, oh don't say that like hanging out with like the the kids please don't say that I no don't... like not like in a not like in a horrible kind of way but just like you haven't you haven't matured enough to have adult friends so you have friends with that at 16 i <laughs> he's still so hot for a 48 year old though 48 far out what Imagine a babe that. i hope i look that good when i'm 48 they were they were older than I am now when they did songs like Feeling This. Oh my god. Think about that as well. That was a dope album. That was oh, such I a know. Good album. Such a good album. Such a good album. <laughs> 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 
We have really lost track of where we are. Oh, okay, so what do we think of Plain White Tea's cover of Song 2? It's. I don't like it, even though it's good. Like, it's technically good. They cover it. It's clean, it's polished, they do exactly what it says on the box. But therein lies the problem. And I mentioned it before, I like hearing... In a song like this, I like hearing the British accent. We'll get... We'll get to... Well, basically, like, one of the other bands... We're not going through in-depth covers. No. But one of the other bands that covers it that we're talking about is Enter Shikari, another Mm. British band. Yep. And you said, oh, God, he sounds so chavvy in it. And I'm like, yeah, I love that. I love that you can hear the chav accent coming out in this yeah. song because it should sound so undeniably British whereas this doesn't yeah. it's American and it's kind of polished and clean which I mean would you prefer that they then put on the toffee like oh I don't like... I, well no I don't want plain white teeth <laughs> I don't want plain white teeth to do it but maybe they could have sound like you're from London but maybe they could have gotten like I don't no they were still they were doing their screamo thing I was going to say maybe you could have gotten like bring me the horizon to do it or something like but they would have probably done a screamo cover of it. Which, look, it could have been interesting. Could have been interesting. So, yeah, for me, the crux of it is like, yeah, it's a good cover if we're just talking about, like, how competently they did it, like, how technically good it is. But I, I think it ends there, it's good. And, yeah, like, yeah. I don't really see why they... And I'm, I think we've had a song like this before. I can't think what it was off the top of my head, but, like... Why did you do it? Because it's just exactly the same. Yeah, the James Bay cover. Yes. Which again, British. Yes. British guy covered by an American band. British. British. Um, and just little affectations about it piss me off. Like, he's a little bit too considered in his vocals. Like, he sort of modulates himself too cleanly. Like, yeah. it doesn't finish as abruptly as the original. Like, there's all these things where... The original is meant to be poking fun at punk or at grunge. That whole sort of like just quick sort of first thought, best thought kind of. So why is there a punk cover of it? But like, no, more like outside of that, like this cover is way too polished. Like it just completely loses the point of what the original song is supposed to be. It's meant to be picking fun at that really sloppy, just like, like Mm. chugging guitars and just like a mess of everything. But these guys do it too well. So it's just like, so then... What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a nothing. Yeah. Cover. Like, it's perfectly good. And look, maybe when I was a teenager, I would have been like, aha, sick. Like, that's cool. But when I sort of step back and I look at it through the lens of what Blur intended it to be versus what Plain White Tees have done with it. Yeah, it's just sort of, it loses its oomph. (laughs) I'm going to ask the question, though. Is this a song that is, does it lack, can you, is it impossible to throw your own creativity to it? Like, is this a song that you couldn't, although I'm so, like, I feel like it has to be the way it's done. And we'll get into when we talk about other covers, that it's kind of, nothing changes when other people touch it. I mean... If you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I just, do. Yeah. To me, like, I I don't think it strictly has to be covered as, like, a rote version of the original. In Like, I could see someone completely, like, chopping and screwing this into something different. But then again, maybe then it would be so far removed that it wouldn't, like, it would come across as too much of a parody as opposed to, like, a mm. cover if that makes sense. A genuine... Like, I could picture someone, like, doing, like, a folksy one, but I'm sure I'd hear it and be like, ugh. I like... don't... I, and that's the thing, like... So he whistled it in the acoustic version that they did originally. It's like, I don't want to hear that. No. I don't want to hear someone slowly going, woo-hoo. Yeah. But that sounds dumb. Yeah. But then, it, what else could you really do with it? It does sort of feel like one of those songs that should just exist in a vacuum. Like, don't touch it. Keep it in 1997. I think it's like it's still it's good. I'm sick of it because I've just heard it a million times now. But like, mm. it's still good, and it's still one of those like, I don't know, Fisher Pro- Fisher Price, the kids like my yeah. like yeah my first punk song. Like it's very much like it could be a good gateway to 
Yeah, it's one of those songs, like, you hear it when you're young and it energizes you and you go, ooh, what's this? And, like, it sends you off a path. But, like, outside of that, I think it should just be allowed to exist on its own. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's not like it's a groundbreaking song, but it's just a very iconic song for what it is. And, yeah, it doesn't really lend itself well to putting your own interpretation on it because then it just sort of feels like a bit of a I don't know bit of a well yeah a bit of a parody mm. I don't know I'll say the one thing that they do really well is they have that aggressive bass really well mm, that's true in the plain white tees cover but that's about it for, for that like yeah yeah and like it's yeah like I said like it's a good cover but it's just it doesn't yeah it doesn't stir any emotion to me it's just like yep they did it <laughs> yeah yeah not any, like not anymore for me like nah. as you know i grew older and discovered death metal it's like okay that's not the heaviest song i've ever heard in my life no um and now for other covers mm. we've discovered that this song is shockingly covered by a lot of people yeah for live performances yeah i guess it's a I can see it being a crowd pleaser, like just fucking yeah, just chuck have the it crowd, out. The crowd going, woo! Yeah, like two minutes, just get everyone yeah. pumped. Yeah. Get back into your material. Like it's perfect for that. And it's one of those ones, like I definitely feel like I've heard it like at clubs and stuff as part of like a DJ set because yeah. everyone knows that hook. Like, yeah. And yeah, it just get, gets you dancing, it gets you doing whatever. But yeah, it has been covered to death by a lot of different bands, which I think you've jotted down some oh, examples. I jotted down. I jotted down good. So, Imagine Dragons have covered it. Mm-hmm. Avril Lavigne, but Avril Lavigne, it was an interesting one. So I think it might be on one of her DVDs or something. Oh yeah. She goes and does the drums on it. That's cool. And she's like, yeah, I like it because I like playing the drums. <laughs> and so she's playing the drums and doesn't sing. Yeah. So, yeah, Avril Lavigne does it. Papa Roach. Sick. Cut my life. Uh, gorillas. Yeah. Have covered it. But, yeah, again, like, tying back to start of the episode, like, to me it was just sort of like, oh, it's Damon Albarn and a bunch of supporting musicians. So, like, whereas had I seen the animated gorillas covering it, I'd be like, oh, ha, ha that's cute. Yeah. Like, a little sort of tie into, it's like that sort of wink at the audience. Like, we know this is the same guy. And have that kind of... Do they have, like, an electronic sound or something? Um, Gorillas? Yeah. Like, they... It's sort of just, like, a kind of industrial... Are um, they, like, a rap rock group? What are they? Let's have a look. What are the the sub-genres of gorillas? Um, While you're looking into that, your favourite My Chemical Romance? Yes. And And I was obsessed with this cover when I was a kid just because it was by My Chemical Romance. Gerard does a good a good rendition of it. I yeah, yeah. I he can do no wrong. He has such a good voice. Like I know that, I know it was more a used cover, but he was um, he was in it. So they did under pressure. Under pressure. Was he involved in any other? I keep wanting to say like cover songs. I'm talking about. Mm. I keep wanting to say that they did. That they covered Helena by the Misfits, but no, that they had their own Helena. They covered Astro Zombies by the Misfits for the Tony Hawk. Um, American Wasteland. That's the one. Um, I I keep getting confused because AFI did a cover of Halloween by AFI. Uh, By Misfits. Yeah. AFI Um, did a cover by AFI. (laughs) Gerard and the guitarist Ray Toro have also covered... Happy Together by the Turtles and Hazy Shade of Winter, which I think is Simon and Garfunkel. They okay. covered those two tracks for the Umbrella Academy soundtrack. Cool. Um, uh, that, that makes me happy that they were still. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how many people, how many people from the band were still working together in separate parts, but just that they worked together on that. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. I'm so happy they're back. Um. So also another, I guess, favorite of yours, Weezer, have covered mm-hmm. it. Our boy, Yo What's Poppin' Buff Corral. I love I just... I said this to you while we were watching it before, but I just love that he tries to sing both bits at once. Because, like, <laughs> to me, like, when if you're ever singing this at karaoke, you either pick the woohoos or you pick the when I feel yeah. heavy metal, blah, blah. 
But, <laughs> but just watching Buff like dance around in his room and just be like, when I feel heavy metal, woo! <laughs> like, it's just so wholesome. I yeah, it's like so. My go-to song at karaoke is "Return of the Mac." It is, um, and sometimes it works really well because sometimes people want to do the other part of "Return yeah. of the Mac," and other times they don't. So it's up to me to do the "Return of the Mac." It is "Return <laughs> of the Mac." Oh my god! Yeah, pump up the work. I, I can't remember if that's a lyric or not, but. Oh my god. So, gorillas are... Well, first and foremost, they are a British virtual band. And they were created in 98. That make It does make sense, but it just never occurred to me that they were that old. Um, and they fall under the genres of trip-hop, alternative rock, electronica, alternative hip-hop, and experimental rock. Am I, would I be wrong in assuming, did they go through a stage of... You didn't know who the members were. They kept that yeah. a secret for a while, and then yeah. it was, I think it was revealed kind of later on. I was like, "Oh, that's the guy from Blur." I think so. Yeah. I mean, you sort of listen back to it now, and it's so obvious that it's Damon Albarn. But like, mm. anyway. Uh, and the last one was Enter Shikari, which yes. I believe we already spoke about. We watched it before we started recording to prep, and they did it for BBC's Live Lounge, I think it was. um, And yeah, at first I was like, I really hate this. But then the more I listened to it, I was like, I actually love this. Because they do add their own signature sound to it. Like, they do have some synths. They have some sort of, like, electronic elements happening. And that was a big part of their sound. I used to really be into it. Enter Shikari. I only know that one song with the clapping in it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you're not a winner. Yes. Yeah. Such a good song. Um, they have so... another song that sounds disgustingly like Jump from Van Halen. Well, it's great. <laughs> so it's, good. They're so English. Oh. Can you imagine them doing Jump? You might as well jump. Oh, man. Go ahead and jump. Um, and I, I said to you, I think he's gacked or he's like pissed or something. <laughs> and it's like... And the more I listen to it, I'm like, actually, I hope he is, because that makes it just trashy good. <laughs> Sorry, I never really, like, I do know it, but just for some reason the term gacked has just been so dormant in my brain that it just tickles me. I love it, and it reminds me of gack as well. <laughs> what is gack? It's like, That's the slime uh, stuff. Oh, yuck. And you, if, you better not drop it, because it's collecting oh. everything on the ground, and then it's fucked. It's gacked oh. by that point. Oh, Your yeah. Your gack is gacked. I still... I, I had green gack. Yuck. Yeah, I had some, like, glittery, and now it just makes me want to retch. Didn't didn't my niece Autumn have yeah. some, and she's like, Emma, play with it! Oh, it was so gross. She was like, oh, I've got some slime in my bag. So she like... I think she just pulled it straight out of her bag, if not from a little container. And it's the kind where you press into it and it makes the fart oh, sound. And so just all night... It's like, just... why is this warm? Oh, it was so gross. She was sitting on my lap, just like, like with the, and then like squeezing it near my ear. And I just like, you know, when you're just so on edge that you have to be like, (laughs) yeah, I was just on the verge of being like, please just put that away. It makes me want to just turn my skin inside out. It's so gross. (laughs) But no, autumn rules. So what makes me want to turn my skin inside out is when, when, on the phone and you're speaking to someone who obviously has like something next to their nose or something and you can hear the breathing. Oh. Yeah, I hate that. Hate that. Just anything that involves like squish or like mouth sounds. Mm. Just like 
it just yeah it makes me want to die basically I was to a podcast recently and they were eating mm. on the podcast and you could you just got the the mouth sounds i'm not even going to replicate them because no. it's gross and i don't want to i don't want to do that myself because i hate that sound but um anyway i'm enter, so upset <laughs> enter shikari they um what was i going to say about them they so, like, it's good, but they also extend the song. Which, which loses, defeats the purpose, again. Which defeats the purpose of the song. But at the same time, it's like, well, Blur's whole thing was like, we're going to kind of make a punk song, but making fun of punk. Mm. So it's like, well, fuck it. I don't care if Enter Shikari subverts this song. Yeah. Like, for their own whatever. Yeah. It kind of... I do always forget how short it is. So I do... Yes. I do get to the point where I'm like, okay, second chorus, are we going to get a bridge... We're going to get a breakdown, well, not a breakdown, but we're going to get some kind of thing between that and the last chorus and an outro, maybe. No, nope. no. Nope. It's kind it's, of cool though. It's yeah, yeah. I. That's one thing I do appreciate about it is like, just two minutes and two seconds of just like short, fast, loud, and then done. And then that oh. Was it, oh yeah? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've got to get out now. Like, <laughs> that would uh, be so funny if I just finished with, oh. <laughs> oh i got to leave. Uh, I, uh, I I left my, I left my, my stove on park. So I got to, uh, I got to get out of here. Just... Uh, I, I got, it's, it's 1997. I got to get out because I'm about to start the cartoon band. <laughs> And uh, I believe we're going to probably be bigger than this band. I don't know. Can we please just stop? <laughs> sure. So uh, next week's episode is Crazy yeah, Train. It sure is. Performed by Ozzy Osbourne. Mm. That's going to be another one. I'm going to get so many British accents out of that one. Yes, you are. As covered by Forever the Sickest Kids. Nice. I always... I had it in my brain that it was scary kids scaring kids. Oh, uh, yeah. But it's not. It's forever the sickest kids. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> Sorry, I've still got... Oh. Um, well, I'm ending it like the song ended. I'm just like, yep. Yep. Uh, I'll give it a, a... A hell yeah and a sure why not. Yeah, I'd give it a hell yeah and then just a... Yeah. Like. Yeah. Not a, it's not a yeah nah like it's no it's fine but it's a sure why not yeah um thank you for listening we hope you're all keeping keep safe yep Wash safe your hands <laughs> sorry I'll let you do I'll let you do the PSA no it's fine I'm letting you do the PSA. <laughs> Oh! Uh-